0: You are listening to an HD Smartcast Original.
1: minute, this,
2: this could be a great intro.
0: Hi, I'm Akshay.
2: Hi, this is Saurabh. And you are listening to the Founder Thesis Podcast. We meet some of the most celebrated startup founders in the country.
0: And we want to learn how to build a unicorn.
2: Hitesh Tingra A lot of you are wondering, who is Hidesh Tingra? And may have never heard of him before. But he is a pioneer. He started an e-commerce website alongside Flipkart. And eventually, that venture got sold to Flipkart. He started a dating site in a country full of matrimonial sites way before Tinder entered the country. And his current venture is a direct-to-consumer brand targeting men. Here's the fascinating journey of Hitesh Dhingra.
0: So, Hitesh, uh, the first thing which we want to understand... um, Entrepreneurship ka kida wo inborn ota hai, bachpansi yuske science dicthe or is it something which you kind of accidentally get into, or, you know, so is it, is it by design or is it by accident? And do you remember about your childhood and if there were signs of it?
1: Well, uh, I think, uh, Bachpan say, uh, obviously, I never thought that I'll be an entrepreneur. I, I wanted to be a pilot while growing up. So took non-med and all this stuff. But then uh, I always saw my parents. Uh, so my mother has been a banker for almost 40-45 years. Uh, my father was working with IFCO uh, in a marketing department. And uh, so, they both saw kush they used to plan I mean, be it in real estate or I I think I must be, what, 8-10 year old and uh, they were planning to set up a factory to manufacture pens, right? So, they were doing a lot of R&D, etc. Uh, but beyond that, I, I never thought, honestly, that I'll be an entrepreneur. So, when I was doing MBA, I think I, I got super excited or I was super excited by the startup ecosystem as well, at least. Right? So, uh, campus start startup uh, called E-Sys. So within four years, they became a billion-dollar revenue uh, business operating in 30-35 countries. So I was super excited to see their growth. Chart, right and uh, वहाँ से मुझे लगता है कि एक कीड़ा कि या तो ऐसी कंपनी में काम करना है जहाँ पे learning हो अच्छी और इतनी fast growth हो uh, या अपनी कोई ऐसी कंपनी खड़ी करनी है but uh, I think in my mind I, I knew my limitations uh, मुझे पता था my parents won't be able to fund my project और uh, अभी मुझे at least I need to earn pay them back uh, and then probably over a period of time start something on my own so I think and it took me almost uh, three, four years to kind of uh, take my first leap into uh, startup world.
0: So from campus, you joined ESIS. So tell me about that journey.
1: So ESIS was the, I still remember, 13th company to visit the campus, right? And uh, I didn't appear for first 12 companies because I wanted to give my uh, 100% and then join ESIS. I was, I think, too excited uh, by their journey. And especially knowing that all the founders were from my uh, MBA school. Uh, So I waited for that company. Uh, uh, Fortunately, I I went through. Uh, I got a job, uh, joined them in June 2004 uh, in their Delhi office. Uh, But within a month and a half, they decided to move me to Singapore, which was their headquarters. Uh, So I had a good experience Singapore. I think 60-70 people were working in that headquarter and uh, i was i i had to interact with almost all of them on daily basis so chivo finance so ye tech ho, uh, uh, so Isis was a di- it distribution company and that time uh, they were wo working on a project to launch their private label right desktop and laptops uh, to meri training aise ki malab, i i even learned how to assemble a laptop or a desktop right and uh, first project set up in the factory in the basement. I assembled 50 laptops and we kind of uh, uh, supplied it to a retailer in UK. So I think I had an amazing experience there. I was working very closely with the founders, uh, the CEO. Uh, and I think that kind of uh, laid foundation of Getting into entrepreneurship. So I, I could understand that emotional roller coaster, right? That he was going through because working closely with them. And that kind of prepared me, right? And, uh, I think uh, that started booming, right? So that started giving me courage. That, uh, now I think I can, I can probably take a risk of getting a full time into entrepreneurship.
0: So, uh, what happened, uh, say around 2006?
1: Yeah, so 2006, I had to move back to India for personal reasons. My father was really unwell. Or, one of my friends from my college days, he was starting an online advertising agency called Kwaza Media. so they just started it. So he started it with his boss, Manish, which, and he mentioned about it. I got excited because it's online advertising and plus a startup. So I said that India, instead of looking for a job, uh Let me, uh I had a bit of saving ki Singapore So I said, let me give it a try for 6 months and let's see. Uh So I joined them as a founding member. So uh, I was managing a lot of affiliate marketing. I didn't know anything about online advertising. So for first 3-4 months, I just learned how it works, how Google makes money. So I did a lot of affiliate marketing for hotel.com, booking.com, just to understand the ecosystem here. ROI, CAT, LTV, et cetera. Uh, and I think, uh, so that's when we decided that uh, we can probably set up, we, we wanted to set up a contextual advertising network in India. And uh, I took the lead and uh, started Tyru, uh, which still exists. So it's an online advertising network.
0: So just, you know, in simple language, what is a contextual advertising network?
1: So contextual advertising means, uh, let's say, uh, as, a, as a brand, as a men's grooming brand, uh, we identify, let's say, 100 keywords, uh, could be grooming, could be a beard, beard growth, right? Uh, anti-dandruff. I mean, we identify 100 keywords and uh, as a as a brand i would like to show my ad to wherever these keywords appear right so we uh, as as a ad network publisher pool banaaya, right so we had more than 1000 publishers including bloggers aur taraf, uh, it was a self serving right so humne advertisers targeting target ki you identify the keywords tool use simple text ad and aur keywords show article, let's say your growth, your ad will show up there. Right? So it is exactly the same way like what Google does, right? But, but Google market so we thought we could be the first one to kind of lead the way and especially targeting SMEs, educating them. So that's what we did.
0: Okay, so then what next?
1: I think after working with Tyru for almost one and a half, uh, two years, uh, one day I met my uh, boss from Isis, right, and I, I met him to pitch Tyru for their business. Or uh, uh the details, he mentioned that ke, uh, e-commerce in uh, the US is this booming like anything. At time, I think e-buyer or uh, daps.com. So these were few e-commerce companies focusing on electronics. So he said, uh, why don't you help us in setting up uh, our e-commerce? We have operations in 30 countries. So we can do it together. So ended up joining back uh, ESYS to help them in setting up their e-commerce. Uh from there, so we started with Singapore because it was headquartered and small country. So we were kind of the first e-commerce site after Dell in Singapore too. So this was in 2006, hmm. uh, 2006, 2007. And so I obviously helped them in setting things up there. Then India made our cafe gadgets ke se launch. Uh, so we launched uh, e-commerce in seven countries and in a couple of countries it started doing well. So India, Singapore, uh, Malaysia, it started doing really well. Ran it for uh, almost three, three and a half years, but then Isis uh, got into bad shape. I think they had a, some, I think, legal issue with one of their uh, partners or their complete working capital got blocked, and they decided to just focus on their core business. And that also, I think they started, I mean, packing up in a lot of countries. Uh, So as a result, obviously, I mean, we had to shut down that business within ESIS. But because I was too confident uh, about e-commerce opportunity in India, I thought, I mean, this was more of an accident, but I thought uh, this could be the right time. To continue the momentum and uh, start something on a, on my own. So that's what I think gave me an idea for Let's Buy. So launched Let's Buy in 2009, uh, July.
0: So what was the original idea with which you launched Let's Buy and how did it evolve?
1: So Let's Buy launched, uh, I think India was e uh, e-commerce ka ecosystem e-commerce. So there were a few sites like eBay, India Time Shopping, India Plaza. But all of them were marketplaces, right? So, especially when you buy electronics, like mobile phone, laptops, these are expensive buy, right? So, you want to be sure that warranty ho original, ho, proper packaging is But because existing platforms were marketplaces, they never had any control over the inventory, ki what is being sold. So, Blackberry ke phones were open bil- bikte the, without warranty, right? So, there were a lot of customer issues. So, Let's the idea that we will work directly with the brand owners or their authorized distributors, right? So, we won't really become a marketplace. So, it was more of a stock and sell model. We used to get the order. We used to either procure it from, let's say, Samsung or their distributor and then ship it to the customer. But every product was going through our warehouse, right? Uh, which made sure that quality quality, warranty, seal pack, hai, product proper. Hai. So, that's what we did and we started working with, I think it required a lot of effort because we, us time, time, was mandate e-commerce, right? So, it was just like, a थी, US, India so in India. So, we had to convince a lot of these uh, players to give us some exclusive products. So, I remember when Samsung launched Corby, launch which was their first smartphone. So we ran a pre-order on Let's Buy and it was a huge success. So after that, Samsung also kind of got confidence that we can do something. So that's how we started. And uh, I think we kind of bootstrapped it for one and a half years. Uh, After that, obviously, we raised our first round and uh, I think grew from 70 lakhs a month to almost 28-30 crores a month uh, within a span of uh, 12 months.
0: So when you started Let's Buy in 2008, I imagine at that time, none of the ecosystem would have existed the way it exists today, be it payment gateway, be it logistic support. So how did you manage all these challenges that, you know, what were like the key takeaways from it?
1: Yeah, I I still remember uh, our website was about to launch, right? So we had a launch date, uh, I think somewhere in August uh, 2009. Uh, But Payment Gateway was still not uh, integrated because ICSA was taking time, right? So I had to sit at their office for two days just to get the Payment Gateway up right? Uh, and I pleaded with them that we have a deadline, we have to go live because there were some commitments made to some of the uh, partners like Samsung, Microsoft, etc. And uh, after sitting at their office for almost uh, 10 hours a day, for two days, I managed to get the payment gateway up. Even logistics, I still remember that time I, I used to uh, stay in Kirti Nagar, West Delhi, and our office was in Patel Nagar. So any order from West Delhi, I used to carry it in my car and kind of deliver it. Uh, so I think that's what we did. What really worked well for us uh and it was kind of a blessing in disguise because we were bootstrapping i didn't have much um, uh, salary to pay i ended up hiring a lot of people management trainee from tier two mba institutes like amity apj etc right and these guys i mean they didn't have any ego i mean they they wanted to work they wanted to learn uh i could mold them the way i wanted and uh, they were working about 12, 15 hours a day, right? So it was a small team of 12, 13 people, but uh, I think they were giving it all, right? And that really worked for us uh, as as a bootstrap company. I think that that was probably the wisest decision I made to hire freshers from a tier two institutes. And I think even after that, I mean, in my all my ventures, I made sure that I continue to do that. So we don't prefer people from IITs. Uh, we we give priority to people from tier two institutes who are more hungry, right? And uh, who don't have uh, so they will not probably switch job for a few thousand or few lakhs, right? Uh, if you're from IIMs, uh, you have an opportunity cost. So if startup is not doing well, uh, it, it is first the people from tier one institute who start looking out for a job because they have a good opportunity cost. So.
0: So, uh, I want to understand more how you bootstrapped an e-commerce company. I mean, e-commerce companies need a lot of capital for customer acquisition and so on. So, how did you manage to get customers? Uh, How did you manage to build up your order pipeline? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I think Kaash, pata hota us time. <laughs> uh, because the cafe be, we were not burning much capital. So when we started Let's Buy, for first one and a half years, we were actually profitable. Mm. Right? So if we were doing a a month, profit aata tha, which goes back to obviously salary and other expenses. But we were not really bleeding. Mm. Right? Uh, but then obviously, we realize over a period of time that if you have to scale up, uh, then obviously... The acquisition cost goes up because then you need to advertise, uh, you need to offer discounts. And that's a never-ending story, right? So even today, I mean, none of the e-commerce player is profitable because they keep burning money, right? Uh, But that time, I think, uh, I was running it more as a business, Mm. right? And uh, I was uh, very, very particular that we don't bleed uh, while scaling up. So for, I think before we raised Series A, we were kind of profitable,
0: So tell us about the funding journey. How did that happen?
1: So it was an interesting uh, thing. So I think before Lesbi, I never interacted with a VC. I think it was somewhere in 2010, uh, June, I got a cold call from this VC uh, saying that I am an investor in MakeMyTrip and I've recently invested in Flipkart and uh, now I'm looking for an e-commerce venture in electronic space. And, uh, I would be interested to, uh, meet up with you and I'm planning to travel to India in a couple of weeks. So, uh, I would love to catch up with you. And that call was from Leaf Excel, right? So, uh, who was, I mean, that time with uh, Tiger Global. So he visited us, uh, he really liked what we were doing, but he thought that we are too small for him. Uh, so he had introduced us to Axel, right? So Prashant and uh, Subrato at Axel, uh, and in parallel, uh, so Manish, who was my, uh, ex-boss, so he had Angel invested, uh, in Let's Buy. Uh, so he, through his connection, introduced us to Hillion. So we were talking to both Hillion and Axel, and both of them decided to kind of, uh, write a check, Series A, uh, four odd million, um, uh, in, in Let's Buy. And, uh, over a period of time, because business was scaling up month on month, uh, so Tiger also decided to write a two million check. So, uh, our series A, we concluded in December 2010, and, uh, it was six million from Tiger, Hillier, and Axel, all three of them participating equally. So that's when Amanpreet joined on board. So Amanpreet and I were college mates, and that time he was working with ENY, just got married, so he was a bit hesitant to join a startup. A pre-funding stage so he decided to join uh, once we got a term sheet signed from uh, all the investors and I think 2011 was a great year for let's buy I mean we grew from 70 75 lakhs monthly revenue to almost 28 29 crore monthly revenue in uh, one year in one year wow. from a 12 13 people team to almost 450 people team so hired more than a person a day uh, we were probably the most covered uh uh e-commerce startup in that particular year right so I think uh, we, we were doing exceptionally well but then obviously we were burning a lot more capital as well but just because business was doing well there was a lot of inbound interest from private equity and uh VCS to participate in the round so in fact we kind of signed the term sheet with uh, three new investors including I mean three existing when investors was this? this was in 2011. Hmm. Uh, July-August time, and uh, it was supposed to be a $42.5 million round at a $120, $130 million pre pre-valuation. Uh, so it was a good jump from where we were a year back. And uh three marquee investors, right? But then uh, one of the investors wanted us to kind of uh, shift our base from India to Singapore because they had a global mandate whatsoever, and that consumed almost three months uh, time period, right? And uh, even though they had given us the first tranche of six million because it was a Diwali period and we really needed working capital, but because it took three months, or China may so this uh, uh VC, this particular vC had invested in a similar e-commerce company in China or $5 billion ki valuation pay so million dollar and within three weeks i mean uh, three weeks or a month uh, the valuation went down to two point five billion dollar right so ch- China may e-commerce companies started facing this uh uh headwind. Right. As a result, uh, this VC decided to kind of pull off from their investment in Let's Buy, and uh, they pulled off from a lot of e-commerce investments during that period in India, right? And because he was a marquee investor, so obviously the other uh, investors also got jittery, right? Or uh, so we were going through a very, I think, uh, stressful phase at that point in time. And uh, Lee was traveling to India. So I still remember meeting, uh, so they had a Flipkart board meeting in, in, in Delhi. So Lee and Prashant. So we met him at, at Leela Chanakya both me, Amanpreet, and even I think Manish was there. And, uh, Lee mentioned that why don't you talk to, uh, Sachin and Bini? They're traveling to Delhi and, um, It could be an interesting proposition for you guys as well. And uh, they also had mentioned to lease somewhere back in time that we would be interested in uh, evaluating acquisition of Let's Buy. Flipkart uh, was already into electronics? So that time they just got into electronics and we were kind of neck to neck in terms of numbers. So uh, immediately after that meeting, we went to meet uh, Sachin and Bini. We had a dinner with them. So I think after an hour long meeting, we kind of decided that I mean, this could be the right option, right? So it didn't take much time. So from that meeting, I think within a week's time, everything was kind of closed in terms of valuation, in terms of agreement, everything. Um, so yeah, so that was a, I think, I mean, a completely roller coaster ride because from bootstrap to probably 150 crore revenue run rate to kind of uh, uh, selling off the company, right? So it was a good learning experience. I mean, two and a half, three years. Uh, What
0: were the lessons from the exit? And there are a lot of cases where most founders are not happy with post-exit scenarios. The commitments are not lived up to. Did something like that happen here or, you know, was it all smooth?
1: No, I think it was all smooth. Look, so what we realized was, uh, obviously, I think... Uh, there's always a uh, hope that a valuation is better. It gets a So for example, I think we decided that and Amanpreet, because that time Flipkart was kind of valued at billion dollars. So we decided that let's cash out. Because one of our investor, existing investors said Ki there's already a valuation so it's better to cash out. Now, the existing investor investors, they didn't have an option to cash out. So they were uh, invested in uh, Flipkart. And Hillion, after I think two, three years, exited at 150 crores, right? Uh, so from what they invested in, uh, let's buy. So you never know. I think this is always a score. But then I think for a first venture, it was a decent exit for both me and Amanpreet. Um, and I think more than the cash amount, I think it was, uh, immense learning, right? Uh, and I think as an individual, Obviously, I mean, we, we realized the importance of having a co-founder, having a solid board, having a mentor like, uh, Manish, right? So, so I think there was immense learning for us. Um, baki valuation ka, obviously, I mean, year down the line, Mintra got acquired, similar numbers, but valuation was almost $300 million, right? And they raised, raised a lot more capital than, uh, Let's Buy at that point in time. So you never know, know about these things, uh, because then there was, on other side, there was yebi right? Again, had raised a lot more capital than uh, Let's Buy or even Fashion and You. And they got shut down without any uh, acquisition or any value for the uh, stakeholders, right? So at least I think... The biggest satisfaction we had was that we could deliver uh, good returns for the investors, uh, all the stakeholders, and uh, obviously the founders and the co team I mean, of 12, 13 people, the initial members they also made uh, some money.
0: So, this you was know. around uh, 11, 2011 that this you...
1: was, yeah, 2012 early. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, then 2012, you have a, a big chunk of cash with you post the exit. What did you do after that?
1: Uh, so I got the cash after six months, okay. <laughs> uh, because there was a financial due diligence and audit and, uh, everything. But, uh, I took a sabbatical. I took a year-long sabbatical because I didn't really want to Did rush. your
0: lifestyle change post that since, you know, obviously? Oh, the...
1: yes. Oh, yes. Because, uh, I think when we were running Let's Buy, uh, both me and Aman were spending almost 14, 15 hours a day, uh, at office, right? So there were, I think every week there were days when we were leaving office at 1.30 uh two o'clock in the night, and back at eight o'clock in the morning, right? And uh, our office was in South Delhi, and both of us uh, used to stay in West Delhi. Uh, it, it, I mean, there, there was so. when we were running, we didn't realize But after the deal, we realized that we were also burning out, right? Uh, doing it uh, consistently and at, at the scale that we grew, I think it was kind of uh, hampering our health and our mental peace as well. So it took us a sabbatical. Uh, I I think traveled to at least uh, 10, 12 countries in that one year, some with family, some without family as well, because my mother, my wife that time was uh, working. So that gave me a lot of time to think about my next venture. Um, I started meeting people. I mean, started meeting uh, my investor friends, uh, my fellow entrepreneurs. And uh, I think that kind of uh, obviously helped me in uh, clearing my thoughts, clearing uh, my mind in terms of what I do uh, want to do next. That in that phase, I ended up meeting Sachin Bhatia. So Sachin was a co-founder of Make My Trip. So he had also exited uh, at that point in time. He was looking for his next 10. So hum dono ne baitke, we started evaluating a few business models and realized that matchmaking is one model which hasn't been disrupted uh in last 10, 15 years. So that gave us an idea about truly madly, launching truly madly. Yeah, so so Rahul that time was leading uh, a product for uh, Make My Trip. Um, So yeah, so we decided to kind of incubate truly madly with Rahul leading it. On the other side, I met Parvesh. Uh, So Parvesh is my family friend and now co-founder of um, the man company. So he uh, has been in this business of manufacturing and packaging of beauty and cosmetics products for almost last 20 years. Uh, So when I started meeting him discussing with him so so the gross margin in this category kind of excited me uh so in electronics we were working at 10 12 percent and here you work at 70 80 percent gross margins right so uh i thought there could be some interesting game here as well so again got uh, bisham who was my who is my school friend and he was part of let's buy team as well uh got him on board to kind of lead uh not the man company but that time we were uh, we started with the perfume business uh, so we were buying perfume from pervicious uh, company and then obviously selling it online offline so just to understand the market right so even at that point in time and we started with this within the same office uh, so I was working with both the teams but I was not really full-time involved with uh, either of them so once the Truly Madly got launched, uh, and we decided to raise capital. So Hillion and K Capital, they came on board and Hillion wanted me and Sachin to be on board full time. So that's when we decided to get full time on Truly Madly. So, ran it for three years. So,
0: tell me more about Truly Madly. Why did you decide uh, on a dating site for India when, you know, the traditional mindset is fairly prevalent in India and there were already big players in the matrimonial space? So, yeah, what yeah. was the
1: the so, thesis? Yeah. So, I think thesis was very simple. Uh, that time, I mean, obviously, there was Shadi, Bharat Matrimani, Jeevan Sathi, all doing well. Uh, but they were primarily desktop focused matchmaking site. And especially in case of girls, it was mostly the parents who were managing a profile of girls on these sites, right? And whereas I think the ecosystem had evolved, right? So a lot of women want to take control of their own life, at least when it comes to choosing a right partner. So we thought it could be the right time to build something which is slightly before finding a marriage partner, right? I mean, slightly before that, uh, more uh, around serious dating, right? Or a relationship platform where uh, the profiles are authenticated, right? So we had a social plugin to verify each and every profile, right? Which kind of gives credibility to the platform and women feel secure because they know that all the profiles are kind of uh, verified on this platform, right? So we used to reject almost 10-15% profile because they were fake. So there was a team... I mean, kind of verifying each and every profile. So we realized that if we provide this safe environment, uh, if we make it more relationship-oriented, which is beyond caste, creed, uh, etc., it it could be relevant for today's times. So uh, first two and a half years... uh, Truly Madly did really well. Uh, we ended up getting almost half a million database with a healthy men-to-women ratio. Because I think that was the biggest challenge for any matchmaking or dating dating site in India. Uh, there were 90-95% men and 5-7% women. Uh, so I think we at least ended up getting 70-30 ratio, right? So in that sense, they, the engagement rate was pretty high. And um, we ended up creating a great brand around it. What was the revenue model? So that time, I think for the first two, two and a half years, uh, it was only advertising, right? So we were not we didn't really have subscription. And we wanted to add subscription once we cross a million database. So, so yeah, so I think, uh, we ended up creating a great brand. But then obviously Tinder launched in India to kind of, uh, they barge into our party. I mean, spoil the, uh, game, uh, in a way, right? Uh, spending heavily on Bollywood, etc., getting a lot of celebs on board. Um, and I think the virality around Tinder was uh, way too high, right? Especially in metros. Um, so we realized that probably we were underestimating the the demographics. I think people were comfortable in uh, even hooking up, right? And uh, we were, I think, in our mind, still, I think, wanted to create a safe haven for, uh, like, I mean, especially girls when it comes to finding someone. Uh, so the Vothoda... Uh, Tinder kind of disrupted the market uh, for us, right? And uh, we couldn't really raise the next round because I think everyone started comparing the numbers with the Tinder numbers without really looking at uh, the engagement metrics or uh, the brand authenticity, right? So uh, truly, is still doing well, but uh, I think we realized that probably the scale that we were envisioning uh, was kind of far-fetched. All three of us realized that I think scale is not exciting for us to be on full-time. So we ended up getting uh, 25, 30-year-olds to kind of run the show. And uh, all of us are um, now obviously, I mean, ventured out into something else. So I've been running Man Company for uh, last four years. Uh, Sachin started a company called uh, Bulbul, which is video shopping. And uh, Rahul uh, has, has got into healthcare insurance uh, space. So he'll be launching his product soon.
0: Okay. So tell us about the man company journey. And, uh, you know, uh, you already gave us a little bit of background about how you started a perfume business. Um, So just expand from there. So what happened?
1: Yeah, so I think when we started perfume business, uh, so we were trying to sell it online and offline. Or uh, both me and Bhisham kind of traveled from Jammu to Kanya Kumari just to understand the offline channel space as well. So, we have trying to go in a little bit in the mask premium category. Uh, because if you look perfume, these brands. you have luxury perfumes, right? Which you get it at airport or, or uh, modern trade. So, uh, we wanted to launch something in mass premium space. But we understood that offline, which are all distributors, it is very difficult to kind of change their mindset. Unko pata hai ki yaar 100 rupaye ka hi perfume bikta hai. 100 rupaye mein mujhe 25 rupaye hi chahiye. Agar aap 100 ki jagah aap 200 rupaye ka bhi unko perfume doge to they will not accept it. Ki kaun khareedega, right? So unless you have a strong pull for the brand, it's very difficult to crack offline distribution in India. Uh, so I think that gave us Inside here, offline to chalo abhi sakta. That is, I mean, we don't have learning. We understand e-commerce better. Let's focus only on e-commerce. Now, uh, if we had to focus only on e-commerce, just selling perfume was going to be very, very niche, right? So we had to obviously broaden up the category. So, that time, I started traveling with Parvesh to different exhibitions. uh, a Cosmoprof in Bologna mein, in Italy and then Hong Kong. Uh, then there were a few exhibitions in Turkey, Dubai. So, I realized that uh, I traveled with him for two years. I mean, some six, seven exhibitions. And with every exhibition, I realized that, that first exhibition, probably there was one brand Korea, say was men's grooming. But everything else was focused on women. So, no one was even talking about men. But over a period of one, one and a half years, I realized that the percentage of men's cosmetics or grooming uh, companies were kind of increasing. I mean still not substantial. I think Firbi was ninety-five-five percent. But then at least they were increasing, right? And
0: this was while Truly Madly was uh, you were still running that in parallel you did this or this was after?
1: No, no, this was before me getting into uh, okay. Truly Madly. So hmm. wo, madad, back of the mind, uh, because we knew that's a perfume so we can't get it. So obviously, so I think but we were not convinced. Men's Grooming India, mein, FMCG companies, hain, kya kareenge, kya so when I decided to kind of move on from Truly Madly, I started spending a lot more time uh, with the team here, uh, without committing that I come full-time on board, but uh, at least I started working very closely with Bhisham to figure out the strategy, ki, yaar, kya karna chahiye, kya karna And uh, then I realized that, premium men's grooming essential could be one space. Uh, it was still very, very niche, uh, but it was a risk worth taking up. Because there was no brand in India, which uh, head to targeting only men. There were few brands selling deodorants, few brands selling whitening creams or talcum powders or shaving, but no one was catering to complete uh, uh head-to-toe range. Second, a buying decision was primarily taken by women of the house, right? So grocery uh, be your wife or mother, they used to buy products and you end up using the same soap, same body wash, same shampoo that your wife or sister or anyone else in the house is using. So we realized that convenience could be one factor. So if we launch the website using a lot of content which becomes like a grooming buddy for you, that you dandruff, hai, you just search and see that ye ye you need do, be it the lifestyle changes, be it the intake of more water, etc. And plus, you apply And apply it, there's a man company. Uh, so that was the kind of strategy and vision that we came up with or uh, so yeah so that was the reason so then we started working on the product, ki product kya hone uh, so we obviously uh, realized that packaging should be instagram friendly ki agar online, hi brand build karne hai, so people should because men generally don't share uh, anything right about what they are using especially when it comes to personal care um, but we wanted it to be a shareable and get that virality around the brand so we made the packaging Instagram friendly. We made the ingredient, which were uh, obviously there's a high perception here. It's it's a good quality product. So we don't use sulfate, paraben. Uh, we only use essential oil. So no uh, artificial fragrances, etc. So all those things kind of obviously delivers a right packaging, right product. And uh, even though it looks super premium, luxury, but the pricing is still affordable, right? So pricing kind of surprises the customer. And uh, we believe that's that's been one of the things that really worked in our favor in the last four years.
0: Okay. And how has the turnover grown over the years?
1: We've been growing almost uh, 250 to 300% year on year. Uh, so this year, I think we should close at almost 90 odd crores uh, of revenue right and uh, if you compare it with last year we closed at around uh, 22 23 crores right so almost more than 300% growth uh, this year over last year
0: okay and how to pitch uh, your venture to a vc is there a way in which vcs look at pitches what what is the best way to get good quality vcs to back you
1: look so i think uh, as an entrepreneur one of the biggest quality you should have is a uh, storytelling right Aap koi bhi business kar rahe ho, as long as you have a very clear vision and you know how to communicate that vision, right? Uh, I think that's what matters. Because the early stages, mein aap numbers, I mean, everyone numbers har quarter mein change in every quarter, right? But what I think uh, VCs or any angel investor are looking for is, is clarity of your vision and your storytelling capability, right? if you brand, bana rahe ho, kaisa brand ge, 5 Kya shape up karega brand at least I mean in terms of your vision right final result kya ho, you never know but at least in terms of your vision you should be very clear yeah this is what you're trying to achieve and you need to convince uh, vCS or any investor on your vision I think that is the biggest capability you need to have
0: So, Hitesh, uh, you've always been ahead of the curve in terms of targeting millennials or young early adopters, be it in electronics or dating or now in grooming. So, what are your lessons for other founders who may be looking to cater to a similar audience of young early adopters, millennials?
1: Right. Look, so, I think uh, I've realized that you need to understand your target audience really, really well. Right, especially if you are building a product service for them, uh, you need to know um I mean each and everything about them. So I strongly advise everyone to spend a lot of time in understanding your consumer and understanding their need, right? So a lot of times uh consumer might not be able to tell you Ki, yar, pain point hai, yar, uski need hai. but then that's something that you need to do as an entrepreneur. Right, figure out that how can you make his life uh, simple, right? How can you kind of remove some of his pain points, which he probably doesn't even realize exist, but still, I think that's 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 the uh, entrepreneurship uh, or I mean, job of entrepreneur to figure out. Uh, so when I started, how less, do you yeah.
0: figure these things out? I mean, do you like? go and sit with millennials and
1: yeah so i so let's say when we were starting man company right uh, we uh, both me and bisham i think we did a lot of focus groups and plus even intuitively because we knew that this is something where the opportunity exists right we started talking to a lot of our friends family uh, people in our family right and especially in the age group that we were targeting right uh and one more i think learning has been that uh, don't keep your target audience very wide, right? I mean, just, just focus on one segment, go after it. consumer But at least in terms of your positioning, in terms of uh, your communication, uh, uh, you should be very razor sharp, right? So we know that, let's say, if we have to define a customer for man company, uh, I can give you a two page this thing about this 28-year-old guy who has moved from, let's say, Pune to Bombay, who's working in an IT company, who is earning this much. So we have profiled our customer to Nth point, right? I can tell you what he does at 7 o'clock and what in the morning and what he does at 8 o'clock in the evening, right? Uh, so I think that's the detail that you want to go after because then you know different aspects of his life and you can build your marketing strategy, your product strategy around his lifestyle, right? So for example, idea to launch Man Company digitally was to kind of reach out to this millennial because he's not going to Big Bazaar to buy his shampoo, right? Now, we wanted to enter his ecosystem without his disturbing his lifestyle, right? So, how do you make it as convenient to him as possible? So, we knew that he's spending 80% of his time on digital medium, right? So we started with e-commerce. We started building the brand on Instagram, Facebook. And we started talking to him in the language that he understands. Just because people related to it, right? So it it, it pays to stay authentic and talk to millennials in the language that they understand. I think that's the biggest learning. Uh, be it Let's Buy, be it Truly really Madly, be it the man company. I think that's what I've been trying to do.
0: Does it help to get celebrities to endorse?
1: Uh. It, it does and, but I don't think it is, uh, honestly, it, it is not a make or break thing. I mean, you can still build a brand without a celebrity. Uh, with us, I think we were very, very particular that if we are getting a celebrity, uh, it should be someone who kind of, who is online as well as offline, uh, is a gentleman within, right? Uh, so when we met Aishman, it was not, just the physical appearance, uh, because of his physical appearance, we wanted him to get on board. It was mainly for his beliefs, right? So the first question he asked us, for example, was a whitening cream to because he doesn't want to sell whitening cream, right? Uh he was very clear in terms of our brand ethos, right? So he said, ki, yar, madab, I'm willing to work with you guys if we just don't advertise uh in a traditional way, right? So because we also as a brand, we never wanted a celeb, who ki product uthaake bolay ki ab yeh karega, wo karega, over promise and under deliver, right? We didn't want to do that. Uh, we wanted a celeb who can give us the reach, whom we can create a content that people associate with, right? And who can help us in storytelling in a in an effective way, right? So that's what we have been doing with Aishman. So we we've, we've already shot two more ad films with him. You may or may not even see the product or brand in those ad films, right? It is more stereo, I mean, more storytelling to take... Gentlemen in you, uh, video forward. Okay. So, uh, so I think, uh, fortunately, that's what Aishman also believes in, and uh, we as a brand also believe in. So, you'll never see us over promising on any product, any ingredient. I think we'll tell you the way it is, and, uh, we'll tell you that these are the benefits and these are the harmful, uh, effects as well, right? And then it is your call to use those products.
0: Thank you so much, Hitesh. It was great to hear from you. Thank you so much, Akshay, for having me here.
2: Thank you. While Ayushman Khurana is the official brand ambassador of the man company, Hitesh is no less charming than him and could have just easily been the face of the company. If you want to go on a date with one of the most charismatic founders, then write to us at hello at thepodium.in. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, Then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books and drama. Visit thepodium.in that is d-h-e-b-o-d-i-u-n dot i-n for a complete list of all our shows.
0: This was
1: an HD Smartcast original.
2: HD Smartcast. Log on to hdsmartcast.com to listen to more such podcasts.